nice children, and welcome to my chamber. My name is Rotherick Gastblood, and I'm your host of Tales from the Dark Chamber. This week, we have a great show for you. Tales to make your skin crawl. Each week, my chambermate and I read a scary tale that we found on the internet, or perhaps left under some corpse. Either way, we think you're going to like it, and we're just dying for you to hear it. So sit right back, light a candle, and let's have a ghoul evening. Hey, Rothrick. Hey, listen. I'm headed over to the old curiosity shop off of Chandler Street. Want to come along? A what on earth fall? I don't know. I was going to see if there was anything I can get for the mansion. You know, something new for the old place here. And I suppose we are to arrive there in your old beat-up car. Oh, Rothrick. You know I had that thing fixed last week. Come on, man. Uh, fine. Well, just do me a favor and watch out for traffic. Oh, of course. Oh, man. Dig this cool old shop. All these unique items, all this old furniture and clothes. Ooh, ooh, uh, and check this out. A curio cabinet. Do be careful, Woody. You know, if you break it, you buy it. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, hello, gentlemen. May I help you? <laughs> I'm looking for something specific. Oh, no. The ninny here wanted me to come with him to see if there were any bits and bobs that would look good in the mansion. Oh, yes. We have plenty of... Good sir, you look rather familiar. Have we met before? Hmm, not that I remember. Perhaps one of my relatives. Seems we all look alike, according to most. Hmm, uh, very well. Hey, Roderick, come here, man. Oh, no. The ninny calls. What is it, Woody? Come here, check this out. Look, an old Indian totem doll. Man, that would look great over the fireplace, don't you think? Oh, I don't know about that, young man. Why? This doll said to be cursed. Legend has it that anyone who takes it will suffer the consequences. Like what? Not sure. Something about strange noises and weird happenings. <laughs> Where we live, strange is normal. I'll take it. Oh, Woody, do you really want to do that? I mean, I appreciate the thought. But you know how easily you are spooked 
by odd occurrences. Oh, man, no problem. Look, it even looks like it was made overseas. Well, okay. Well, that'll be $35. Will that be cash? Sure. But that does remind me of tonight's story. It's part one of another tale called The Doll by Rob Blackfire 364. A young kid named Matt is having a bit of a time with reality and his imagination involving a set of visions and one creepy doll. Enjoy. The Doll by Rob Blackfire 364. Part 1. Why doesn't she care? But it's it's my birthday. I'm so hungry. I can't move. But if I called out, no one would come. I cut myself. It hurt. And it didn't solve anything. I need to do it again. Maybe it'll be deeper and it will accomplish something. I'm so weak. No one can see me out here. None but the trees in the sky. They look down on me, but they don't judge. Can't trust anyone. That brings too much fear. Why am I so alone? I wish someone would be my friend, not because they wanted anything out of me. Is everyone this way? The river. Why won't it flow? Why are the trees so sickly? Why don't they care about the disease in their limbs? Don't they know it would be better to die than infect the others? Why don't they care about them? Is this the way life is? Why am I so alone? Is there really no one but me? Does anyone really know me? Do I want them to? I would be better off dead. But I can't kill myself. I'm not strong enough. And plus... Mom says that those that kill themselves will go to hell. Would God really be so unfair to those in so much pain? You're not in so much pain that you can kill yourself. Maybe David can kill me. He will eventually. Why don't you ask him to? How come I'm so different from the other kids at school? How did they grow up? Did their parents love them? <sighs> if I can cut myself deep enough, this will all go away. All go away, like the falling autumn leaves. I'll fall, turn brown and gray, and become one with the soil. Isn't that eternity? Couldn't it all be on this plane? If God is real... Why doesn't he care? If he cares, why doesn't he do anything? I already asked him, Am I not good enough for him? Fiery rage flowed into my fingertips. Fuck God! He's not good enough for me. None of them are. I would kill them all if I could get away with it. 
But I will never be able to. Why don't they get it over with and just kill me? Because they love you. That hurt. That hurt. I should kill them just for caring. How many times have you cared and done nothing? None. I've always done what I could. I put my life on the line. It happened more times than you realized. Inaction was fueled by fear and weakness. What am I supposed to do in this body? I'm so weak. I'm so hungry. One day I'll be strong and I won't run away. I'll kill them all. I cried out merely in my soul, but the birds still flew from the treetops. A wolf howled, chilling my blood in my bones. A wolf that would eventually try to eat me. I howled, putting all my rage and fear into it, and the very trees stilled. I could not die. I bit my cheek, the only blood I could taste. Don't go into the woods alone. We were so worried about you. Then why didn't you look? I tasted the hate, metallic on my tongue, for my father's ineptitude. My mother cursed me. My brothers didn't care. My sisters were nowhere to be found. I closed my fingers around his throat, crushing his windpipe. I saw the light begin to leave his eyes. My father burst through the closet door and tore me off him. I shoved him so hard from the fear shining through me, and he flipped over the bed. I ran. What happened? Like you would care except to damn me. I shoved past her, too, and burst into the street. I didn't get very far. My father found me. I was so hungry, living in that huge house. I hated it. I hated him. I hated myself. Why would I ever want to hurt Michael? He wasn't the cause of this. Just a pawn in my mother's game, turning us all against each other. My rage was just a symptom of my brother's wrath and masochism. I wanted to kill myself more than I can ever remember, but my life force was strong, stronger than it had any right to be. So strong, I hated it. Another baby tooth fell out. Just another step closer to damnation. Immortality would only come after. My parents had forgotten about me, just like I wanted them to. Now God had forgotten about me as well. It seemed everyone had, except for their scorn. God, if you're real, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for every sin, even if I can't remember them all. I'm not testing you, God, but I need to know if you're real. Mom told me that you hear all children's prayers. So, 
If you're real, make the wind blow. It was a calm day and a day without breeze. I waited and waited, looking out at the trees. I waited until I gave up hope and wanted still. A small wind picked up the branches of the trees, but not any bigger than the ones before it. How secular! But something pulled me in. The breeze continued to pick up. Maybe, I know for sure, it was a kindling of hope. The wind continued to blow, stronger, a strength that billowed against the windows and tears filled my eyes, flowing freely. The wind, the wind blew in a gale and then a hurricane, and the trees were almost lifted from their roots, bending and swaying vertically with a fury and fear. I couldn't understand it, but from that point on, I believed, but unquestioningly and without question, that God existed, that His infiniteness grazed creation, and that He could hear my prayer if my prayer was pure. From that point on, knowing was enough. I asked God about it in my mind, pushing the words and thought out in a prayer only He could hear. If you're real, God, why does Mom do what she does? I give all creatures free will. Do with it what you will. She has fallen from her path, and her every proclamation is a curse. Remember in your heart that light will outshine the darkness. I remembered it. I remembered it for so long. But it seemed that the shadow in my life enveloped the light, saturating me. I forgot myself. I forgot God. I asked myself, why didn't He remember me? And that's when I realized I forgot Him too. I looked at the family, at the spiritual sickness there. Its seeds infested every part of us, even the wickedness in my muscles. I was so penetrated by it that I couldn't see a way out. It was in the darkest part of my soul. I could taste it like black lightning, like an unbreakable seed crushing my teeth. And then I had the dream. I was so blind to it, to everything. I had a dream. I, I found a doll. It was my greatest friend. Something I came to love more than any member of my family, just upon seeing it. It filled me with a happiness and wholesomeness that couldn't be described, only experienced. Just before I found it, there was an incident. An accident, really. Someone crashed their car down by my street, almost died. I never found out what came of them, though. I tore open the car door and there they were, bloodied, and she inside first cursed and sweared, then praised God and prayed for her soul and the soul of her family. I sighed, strangely shaken, then rushed back for my father to call the ambulance. 
I remember passing the doll on my way back, its button eyes reflecting emptily and following me from underneath the mailbox. I rushed inside and everything was, for the first time I remember, calm and serene. It sent a chill down my spine, but I didn't question it. What car? I felt like an idiot, but grabbed my father's hand anyways, taking him outside. I took him to the edge of the street to show him the car. But the car wasn't there. Just the tree, twisted and bent like a skeleton on the side of the road. No, he didn't remember the tree being bent, and no, there wasn't a car there, and I should quit making up stories. I was too old for this to be my imagination, and if I wanted attention, this was no way to go about getting it. He walked down the driveway. I remembered his back as he walked, indignant and huffing. I turned over my shoulder one last time to see the car in the middle of the road in front of my house, tire marks and blood twisting in figure eights leading to it. Backwards. I'm dying, she said. I'm dying. Say goodbye to my sister for me. I'll never see her again. She'll miss me. She was right next to her. I couldn't look at its face. She suddenly gripped my shirt and stared into my face, into my eyes with a hunger. I thought she would eat me. Stay away from the doll. Don't let it into your home. It will take your soul and then kill you. These words chilled something beyond my bones as the wind howled, making the car door bump and shudder. I looked back at the doll under the mailbox, grinning feebly. I looked back at the bloody girl. She was gone. My shirt crumpled. I looked back at the doll. It was gone. There was a letter in the mouth of the box, sealed with red wax and an unfamiliar seal. Final Will and Testimony of there was a man and woman's name there, which I recognized, from nowhere in the family tree. I took a velvet bag from the box. It had a little booklet in it and three seeds. Something shifted under my chest. I felt they were paramountly important. Naturally, I left them in the box, safe from the disorganization and clutter that so oft filled our house. My family was playing, the whole family, for the first time since we got this house. Rachel and Mary were playing hopscotch with chalk, and the boys were playing catch with Dad while Mom was holding a torch with her usual leering grin. Why the hell is she holding a torch? It was red and gold. I looked back nervously to where the doll used to be before joining the fun. It was gone, but I had to go over just to check, slowly going around the mailbox, thinking somehow I had imagined it. How could I imagine that? Come play with us. It wasn't below the mailbox, but the tire tracks and blood still were in the street, chilling my blood. It was lying in a depression in the asphalt, 
where a puddle normally was when it was wet. It grinned warmly. Mary and Rachel noticed it, carrying with it their bucket of chalk. Did you bring this over? You're such a girl, Max. Let's play with it. No! I ran over and grabbed it, throwing it into the street, where it flopped over, legs folded underneath it. Thanks, Max. Behind me, Rachel and Mary had its arms in their hands, swinging it between them. No! I stepped over and put my foot on it, trying to rip its arm off, burning my hand on the rough fabric. How did it burn the back of my hand? Matt, what are you doing, trying to ruin your sister's toy? I... Here you go, sweetheart. <sighs> Don't be such a brute, Matt. Can't you see we're all trying to have a good time here? Yeah, as they took it in their arms, it stitched, re-sewn itself. My blood curdled. Can't you see? That doll is evil! It killed someone! Where'd you get that doll, Rachel? She swung it in her arms as she smiled, seeming much younger. As the doll bounced wildly between them, a third laughter seemed to echo coldly. Goodwill! Max, don't you remember? We've had this doll for about a year now. We all play with it. My blood was so iced, I almost couldn't comprehend it. Horribly, horribly, I could remember playing with that doll. For more than a year. Then I heard a scraping, far off in the street. It was the bloody girl, trying to get up. I ran over, already knowing no one else could see or help. I grabbed her shoulder, pulling her up against her own weight, but she collapsed on top of my lap. W where's your friend? She looked at me, her eyes focused on nothing at all. Friend? Who? I can't remember her face. Who was she? Someone I know? She must have been somebody I know. The doll. The doll did it. Took her away from me, and now I can't remember her face or her name. Who was she? Was she my sister? No, that doesn't seem right. I held her bloody face, listening to her mumbles. A great fear and nothing stirred inside me. She was bleeding from her head. I wondered if she even remembered who she was, or if anyone would. The doll will take everything from you, everyone you love. And then it will claim your soul. Accepting her words were true, the first thing I felt was a grim satisfaction, and then immediately shame. Don't worry, she whispered. I felt it too. I wanted them all dead. But that's nothing like it actually happened. You don't want it to happen, do you? I shook my head feverishly, looking into her unfocused eyes, and for a moment 
She looked back into mine. Then don't let it near your family. The seeds and the book are so important. Read the letter. It will explain everything. It is the light into its darkness. It's the only thing that can destroy it. Goodbye, noble savior. Then her eyes left mine, no more unfocused than they already were. I saw her pupils relax completely and was afraid. I shook her, but she did not move. Her weight was dead. Her pulse was dead. Her warmth was dead. I looked back in my house and was horrified. They all spun like a merry-go-round, like a wheel, each figure floating as if they were underwater, hair and clothes strewn about their face. It floated in the middle. I remember seeing each one of their faces. The Doll by Rob Blackfire 364 Part 1 Well, folks, that's our story tonight. Rothrick and I hope you enjoyed it. We sure had a great time bringing it to you, and we really appreciate you listening. Tune in next week when we bring you another chilling tale from the dark chamber. And just a note, if you're an aspiring author and you want your story read here on Tales from the Dark Chamber, send us a note at talesfromthedarkchamber at gmail.com. If it creeps old Rothrick out enough, we'll air it. And subscribe to our podcast for notification of our next new episode or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Tales from the Dark Chamber and follow us on Instagram or Twitter. If you want your story read for your own use or you just want to have it, check out my website at woodygvoiceover.net. You can order there or you can find me on Upwork as Woody G. And again, thank you for listening tonight.